Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce our crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the uh, video portion of our show, and I know Andrew's kind of digging the music right now, but we've got uh, Captain Brett Bartlett from Land O'Lakes, Florida. Thanks, Brett. Andrea Casal, somewhere up in the Lutz area, I'm thinking, same state, Florida. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. A shout-out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, Galls, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.live, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. Now, Bang Energy, I think we're all drinking something different. So what am I drinking today? The Peach Mango from Bang. That's the fuel I'm drinking. Andrea, what do you got? A meltdown, Andrea? What flavor is that? You may have to unmute your mic, but let us know, but. I couldn't hear you, Andrea, because your mic's muted. But, Brett, what are you drinking? Strawberry. Wild, I'm sorry, wild and watermelon. I always get them confused. Wild You're still wild kind of a guy. Andrea, yeah. the meltdowns, you got outside. a little bit less caffeine. But uh, what are you drinking? What flavor? Uh, it's strawberry limoncello. Oh, all right. Good, good. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. 300 milligrams of caffeine for uh, for me. Nothing for Brett, I think. And, uh, yeah, Andrea. Yeah, 225 milligrams. It's all great stuff. Uh, so thanks, guys. Also, shout out to Brian Burns for the free press uh, for carrying our content. Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media at redvoicemedia.com. If you haven't checked them out yet, please do. We are streaming to eight locations. YouTube is not one of them. And out of the, th out of the eight locations, three of those belong to Red Voice Media with one million followers on Facebook. So thanks, Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media uh, for helping make that happen. And look, our, our, our two-week suspension from YouTube for our second strike within 90 days ends tomorrow so um i uh i i am thoroughly convinced that youtube's on the uh, is pushing us out the door that they intend on giving us our third strike so that our channel will be permanently deleted i see that as their intention uh, because we're conservative law enforcement so no great surprise so if you're getting this or watching the show don't plan on us coming back to youtube for this kind of stuff go to rumble.com to our leo roundtable channel on rumble that's the place you need to go and of course we're on a ton of social media outlets 20 podcast platforms we're on 36 radio stations around the country right now and we're live through the boss hog radio network so a lot of great things going on also roku tv amazon fire tv we are on those two tv channels as well so check out leo roundtable get that app going hey guys um uh, a good lineup. Got an interesting main topic today. They have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. So I'm glad that we've got that I've got you guys on the show today. And, and Brett, especially with this first one. And, but Andrea is the most recently uh, retired person. So you you may have an interesting twist on this. On Police One, it says reality check. Your department won't buy everything that you need. So where they're going in this article is is that as cops, you can go to an agency just with the attitude on, hey, if they don't if they don't buy it for me, give it to me for free. I'm just not going to carry it. But they but they're basically saying that's really the wrong attitude to have, especially when it comes to safety. You can you know it, it's just too valuable. So it talks off by talking about budgets are measured in dollars, not equipment. Unless you are exceptionally lucky, your department will not or cannot provide you with everything that you need to do your job. And they say that you should not skimp on public safety equipment. And here's a few examples. Uh, that the author's given us. He talks about plates and plate carriers. He's talking about a hard rifle uh, rated plates and carriers. So we're talking about not just a, a um, I don't like to say bulletproof vest, but a, uh, you know, with armor, uh, you know, a, a, a ballistic vest, you know, it's not bulletproof, but they have that plate, that hard plate in the center in case you get 
someone tries to take you out with a rifle. They talk about there's so many ambushes now going on with law enforcement. The use of rifles is becoming more commonplace. And so those plate carriers in the front and also in the back become a lot more important. So if your agent doesn't get one, doesn't mean you shouldn't have, you shouldn't get one. And, and Hey, even if there's a price involved packs, he talks about bags and packs. Uh, this guy's talking about putting medical stuff in a clearly marked bag, breaching tools in another bag, extra magazines, OC, you know, the pepper spray, baton in another bag, and then beagle unlocking tools in yet another bag, staying organized. Um, even even for, look, I'm still in the habit of using bags. I love bags. So whether it's, you know, doing a PI thing or or go bag, uh, you know, for just having, just in case it, it hits the fan, you know, I, I love bags, especially when I was active. I carried about over 100 rounds of ammunition with me, even when I was off. I have a spare gun, ammo, and a bag with me everywhere I went. I mean, we're, my wife and I are going out. I'm keeping that bag in the trunk in case I, in case I need it. Um, pouches. Generally, departments will provide a few basic pouches for OC, extra magazines, radios, and cuffs. Uh, but they say, think about what else you should carry um, with a pouch. They're talking about extra rifle magazines, a smaller version of your medical kit, multi-tools with wire cutters, a good blade, um, a seatbelt cutter, another handheld light or two or three, uh, chemical, uh, chemical lights, um, a small binocular, um, even like uh, yeah, glass breaking tools. Um, guys, it, it, we could be here all day. Training attire, talks about training and range pants. He used to get the cheap stuff that he would just throw away after he used, but they have some really good stuff now through uh, Galls at galls.com slash Leo and also you know 511 Tactical. So that's what we have. Captain Bartlett, you're a huge trainer. You're still involved in the action. What are your thoughts on this? This is not a new topic, and it won't be a new topic in 10 years. It's always, always coming up. And here's the thing. If, if, if you want your own stuff, go buy your own stuff. You know, Chip, I spent a small fortune on, on, on equipment. I still spend a lot of money on equipment. Like you, I always carry around stuff with me just in case because um, you don't need that stuff until you need it real badly. But if you don't like what the department's doing, well, quit. The door is uh, always open. If you don't like it, just quit. Go do something else. That's a good point. You know, of course, if I'm running a little low on ammo, I, I try to bring my Colombian wife with me because, you know, she's a pretty good scrapper. You know, these these Spanish women are. And, of course, now Andrea's got her mic open, and she's Cuban. So, I can, you know how these Cuban women are, so I can only imagine. She probably just carries a switchblade in her back pocket or something. But what do you, what do you, what do you think, Andrea? You got to do what you got to do. I think that, you know, I know that Brett's saying that this is nothing new. One thing, I, you know, when I – finished with the academy, I was 22 years old. And a lot of these things I didn't think about at the time. And I think, I think that, you know, this should definitely be a holdover topic, you know, tell me a scenario as to why I would want to use those things. I would have had a lot more things I had to learn by trial and error for some things, you know, you go on a call, and you're like, man, I wish I really would have had that, you know. But I think that that's one of the things one of the things that I would say for an agency, if they're not going to provide it, be a lot more likely to you know, be, be more willing to approve it, get it through legal quickly, you know, if it's something that's reasonable, because a lot of these departments are slow to do that, or it's not a priority. I'm not saying that all are that way. But unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, well, I put in that request a long time ago, you know, I want to buy this for myself, but I can't. So if people are willing to do that, push it through, you know, get it, get it approved for them. Um, but there are so many tools. I mean, seatbelt cutter, that was one of the things I don't know how many times we had cars go into the river. Most places, you're not going to really think about that. In Florida, everybody should have a seatbelt cutter. Somebody might not tell you that, though, when you first get hired. Um, but I know that it would have saved us on several calls, you know, especially early on in my career, just for somebody to have something like that. It just takes less time to, you know, cut the seatbelt than to try and, you know, force somebody out of a car. Anyway, I just think that this is a topic that should be touched on more so in 
hold over, give a list as to why you might need these things, make it, you know, so that people understand these are tools that you need or that you might need. If you want them, get them. Organization, organization is huge. Be careful. You want to make sure it's organized. If you put stuff in your passenger seat, make sure that it's secured because the first accident or pursuit you get into, that stuff, they're all flying objects in your car. And you don't think about that. Nobody's going to tell you, watch out, your computer's going to come flying out of its tray and hit you, you know, when you're in a car accident, unless, you know, they've been through that. Interesting. You know, Chip, you can tell the age of an officer by how much stuff's in their trunk of the car. <laughs> Brand new guy's got nothing. Ten-year sure, guy, least. it would take an archaeological dig to get to the bottom of it, right? they got a crew of people wiping stuff off and they're posting flags. Oh, there's the spare tire. There it is. Yeah, are we and talking jumps? No, no, no. I'm talking junk? about. Are we talking I'm about junk in the trunk? Or are you talking about a trunk trunk? I mean, no, junk in the trunk. What are you talking about? What kind of trunk? Those are two different topics. You have a different <laughs> junk in the trunk when you leave, just so you know, because we all get older while <laughs> while in law enforcement. But I think Brett's completely correct. When you go to retire, all of that extra stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh! But I don't want to throw it out because it was all stuff that you acquired, and it's it, you know, there's a reason why you have it, whether it be you know, a tool that you might need, whether it be knowledge, you know, for the, for the job, like whatever it is, it was, I have a lot of stuff still. Yeah. And, and you know, Chip, nine years out of retirement on Facebook, an ad comes up, a device to, to jam a door open. And I'm going, man, I, I got to have that. And I'm, what, why? It's a neat device. You can put on the door to keep it from closing behind you. If you're going in, you're sort Oh, I got, I got to get a couple of those. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, my mouth getting all dry, you know, and I'm, and I'm way yeah. out of the job and I'm still looking for that cool stuff. But you know, uh, it's great because you use it for all practical stuff. Like I'm a driver yeah. a car any day. Like if, a, if, yeah. if the bumper, if the bumper's falling off and it's somebody, you know, you drive by somebody yeah. and you're like, I got this paper clips. You can tie that up. I mean, there are so many things I'm like all these tools that, you know, you can use it later on, you know, for other yeah. things in life. I've got so many tools that I would, use at the school, you know, at my kid's school. I'm like, ah, this is great. You know, this is a good idea for, yep. for so many other things in life. And you know, Chip, everybody should have a bag in their police trunk, uh, including the stuff you talked about, uh, a, a couple of little uh, uh, bottles of water, add some water in there, add a snack, yeah. something if you're going to be away from the car and out on a post, maybe out in the heat for a couple hours, you need to have something, something you can throw over your shoulder, everything's in it, off you go, a couple of spare mags, uh, spare radio battery, whatever you need, phone battery, just so you can grab it and go. And that's for, that's everybody needs that in their car. But even for like a medical emergency, if you have somebody yeah. who's a diabetic or something like that, and all of a sudden you need something quickly. I don't know how many times we had to run to the convenience store real quick because somebody was having a medical emergency. And, you know, as quickly as you could just take care of it if you have something in your car. Yep. Uh, excellent. You know, um, uh, great, great. You know, I know even with me, I, my police radio was always in my go bag that I carry with me when I was off duty. Um, just amazing. You, But, you know, you, I guess as cops, hopefully most of us, I know you guys are definitely, we're all on the same plan, but we, you just, you want to be prepared. And you know what? There's no way you can be prepared for everything, but you want to be prepared for, for most things that you can envision going down. So yeah, having that extra ammo, maybe a spare gun, uh, yep. police radio in case you need it, all that stuff. Um, my, I even had a big, mask because I yeah. worked a lot of OC undercover stuff. My biggest concern is not the event. It's me not being prepared for the event. Exit. You're right. All right, guys. Commercial break, but we'll be right back. All right, guys. Motion DSP. Motion DSP. They've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust suite of 
video and audio redaction and enhancement software. Now, Motion DSP software, easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise. And with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters, you can achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It works with video from any camera source. And using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it kind of automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software, that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail, and you can actually get forensically valid evidence for low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to motiondsp.com. You'll be glad that you did. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So if there's no more commentary on the article from Police Bone about bags and strike plates and all that stuff, and guys, yeah, well, when I think about guys doing that, I remember this guy named Cameron Green with the department that would go do extra training. He was a former Army Ranger, but he still put himself through training on his own dime, got the coolest equipment, the coolest guns, and and you know, we're talking about, you know, shooting guys, you know, from, move, you know, the moving vehicle thing or in moving cars, but he was doing that training decades ago. So, um, so yeah, guys, don't, don't spare the coin. Uh, it could mean your life. So I got another article. On our, it's on lawofficer.com. FDA revokes emergency approval for Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine. So look, uh, we're covering this because I'm not planning on going back to YouTube. So, uh, and YouTube, they've already, our last strike was on medical misinformation because what we said about COVID and the vaccine apparently was not in jiving with what the World Health Organization and the CDC were saying. Uh, but a lot of cops have got jammed up, lost their jobs uh, in military uh, for not taking the vaccine. So that's why I'm mentioning this particular thing. And look, those guys have been getting their jobs back. Um, the special forces guys, uh, I believe they won the lawsuit when the military tried to make them get the, uh, the vax, but the U S food and drug administration, the FDA revoked the emergency use authorization of the Johnson and Johnson COVID vax. Um, now the revocation happened officially because the manufacturer requested, uh, that the FDA do that. But they said that basically that their supplies of the vaccine, they were old expired and there was no need for future ones. And so while they, officially withdrew because of the because of this stuff in May of 2022 the FDA limited the use of the J&J COVID vaccine for some adults due to increased risk of blood clots and then a year earlier April of 2021 the FDA and the CDC uh, temporarily put a pause on it um, after causes of um, thrombosis with a TTS occurred within a week or two of receiving the inoculation and then also July of 2021 the FDA added the risk of the uh Galero bar syndrome CBS uh, is a rare neurological disorder that can cause paralysis as a potential side effect of the J&J COVID vax uh, after preliminary reports of GBS following vaccination had been recorded. So there have been um, there have been things associated with it. Now, here's the last thing says the FDA should never have revoked the emergency approval or I'm sorry, they should have done it long ago because first, there's no emergency. And second, J&J has an evidently unfavorable risk ratio 
a risk-benefit ratio, according to German author and university professor Stefan Honberg. And he did this on Twitter. He goes, but then the agency would have had to admit it as a mistake. And this is an elegant way of getting it out. So those were his thoughts on this. So um, any commentary on that? If not, well, Brett, go ahead, Captain. We're still talking about that? We are. That is so three years ago. Yeah. That is yeah. so three years ago. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of young people are dropping dead all of a sudden. And uh, I don't know if there are any studies have been done, but they're concerned it might have to do with the COVID vaccine. I hope not. But, um, boy, they pulled a fast one over on us, didn't they? Hopefully, they'll never get a chance to do that again. Yeah, well, look, I, I try not to fall. Look, I took my mom down to get two, um, to get two shots. Um, and, you know, she's 83 now. So, you know, I... You know, look, I didn't did it. I'm a cancer survivor, um, and um, and I got COVID twice, and it was a breeze. You know, I had no issues at all. Um, so I don't – I try not to fault the people. But, you know, what? I, I guess the bad thing is is that the misinformation we received that talked to a lot of people into getting that vaccine, um, there are some people that had medical issues, and, and they were better off perhaps maybe getting, even with the risk factor from the vaccine, the unproven vaccine. Uh, and, I, and I get that. It's a personal decision. But just don't lie to us. Don't – I don't want to make decisions based on bad information, you know. So. But, but they, can't, they can't help themselves lying to us. These big pharmacy corporations, the big, they can't help it. They, even when telling the truth is easier, I think they just, their, their first instinct is just to lie to us because maybe they think, well, we can't handle anything else. I'm so, I'm so sick of those, those people, just tired of them. Three <laughs> years out, three years out from COVID, we just need to take that first guy, take him around back, whip his ass and be done with it. Hey, you know, you know, Andrea, on police, you know, police one is one of my sources for stories that I go to every day to, to see what's going on in the news. And it wasn't until the jabs happened that we started having a monumental amount of cops dying suddenly, no explanation, died suddenly. And I'm talking about guys in their 20s, 30s, 40s, young guys. Um, it doesn't say they're dying. It, can't, it just says died unexpectedly. And uh, and these these guys are dropping like flies around the country. Um, so, look, I. You know, I put two and two together, and now there are studies out. I think you subscribe uh, to the uh, COVID um, coffee and COVID with um, you know with the attorney Jeff Childers that wrote that, and that's just a very informative, uh, extremely informative newsletter. So, coffee and COVID. I think it's at coffeeandcovid.com with attorney Jeff Childers. If people listening to the show want to get more information or be the be one of the sharpest people in the room involving this, you know, go to that go to that website and sign up for that free newsletter. But Andrea. Well, I think that it's funny because they say that, well, first of all, there's no emergency. Well, they made this such an emergency to the point where people were, you know, running to get this vaccine. And I think people felt that pressure. I mean, it was a family conversation in our house. Again, to each his own, people need to do, you know, what they need to do. Something didn't sit right from the beginning with me. And I know other people probably felt the other way that they needed, you know, they needed to get the vaccine. But, you know, and looking all at all of this stuff, it's so sad to me because the amount of people that I've seen with blood clots, personally, this is in my personal life. I'm not, you know, I know I would get kicked off of YouTube if I sit there and say this, but <laughs> anyway, but, um, but the amount of people in my family, heart issues or blood clots or, um, you know, just different things like that, that all of a sudden you're like, mm, what's that the cause of, you know, again, athletes dropping, you know, we have, we've seen a lot of different things, um, you know, just on TV or news outlets of people passing away suddenly. And I just, I, there has to be something to it. Um, you know, nobody really wants to have that conversation because so many people did that. Do you really want to face that? Do you want to face that truth of what this vaccine that you put into your body might've done to you? That's scary. I mean, it's scary both both routes, whether you got it, whether you didn't get it. I mean, we've all been in a position of, you know, a very uncertain 
Um, and it's, it's just not, it's not a fun situation to be in, but a uh, man, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a scary thing. And I'm not surprised that they're pulling this off. Remember they had a bunch of, um, vaccines that weren't refrigerated that they said, Oh, we got to get rid of those. Those aren't, you know, those aren't good. You, you know, that they're giving those to some people, unfortunately, they don't want to throw that stuff out. You know, who got that? You know, it's kind of a crapshoot, you know, well, they've been, know. they've done studies where they have, uh, definitively. Um, stated about the correlation between the vaccine and some of these medical issues. So, and I read coughing COVID almost every day. Uh, and I have relatives that have been affected, family and friends, even a panelist that have been affected adversely with blood clots and eye issues now and, and uh, all kinds of stuff. So, but look, it's time for our next commercial break and then a new topic after that. So we'll be right back. All right. It's time to talk about Galls at Galls.com slash Leo. Hopefully Captain Bartlett can help me out with this one. And you guys, you know about Galls, right? I mean, the country's leading uniform and clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear, stuff you can put in those bags and those pouches. So as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammunition. So Captain, what's going on at Galls this week? The biggest thing I saw, they got 20% off Altama. Altama makes a real neat low quarter uh, maritime shoe. It's a, it's a canvas shoe. It's designed for those in and around water. It has, it has uh, holes where the water will leak out. Very sturdy shoe. It looks really comfortable. I'm dying to try them. Hey, yeah. You know, and as we get older, we learn more about leakage, you know, so that's very important to have in your shoes. So, uh, so that's a good point, Brett. Uh, so look, guys, Goals.com. <laughs> slash leo guys you have to check them out and uh and order today goals.com slash leo all right guys welcome back to the leo roundtable law enforcement talk show we're still live from the boss hog radio studios in plant city florida you know uh during the commercial break i saw that uh this is butter and it, you know was typing something and look for our stream we can see messages from all of our streamers and we appreciate you guys and we love our our, our fan base whether it's podcast radio um streamers social media all of it so thanks guys uh this is butter though had a similar situation on YouTube, and this is Butter. It's a law enforcement video channel, was on YouTube, had some issues with YouTube, and uh, ended up going to Rumble. And we joined Rumble um, over a year ago. Um, so this is Butter just typed that, 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 you know, we're back up on YouTube tomorrow, which is Friday. That's when our two-week suspension is lifted. Um, but uh, we're not going to be back on YouTube. I'll be making an important announcement tomorrow uh, about that. but. Um, you're not going to find our streams going to YouTube anymore. Um, there's a reason why. I'll explain everything tomorrow. Uh, there's a strategy involved in this. But uh, Rumble, I'm telling you, Rumble. We're also live on Twitter. Um, we're at LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. Uh, but yeah, it's not gonna, Rumble. Uh, YouTube is not going to be the choice. And there's a, strategically, we'll tell you why tomorrow. Um, there's a reason for that. You'll find out tomorrow. So anyhow, just uh, bear with us, guys. If you guys want to find out how to watch our show, the live show, delayed shows, every way that we've got it going on, go to leoroundtable.com, our website, the top header. You'll see a syndication tab. Click on that syndication tab and just say whether you want to want, you know, you're looking for the radio stations that we have, the live, all of our live show outlets, all that stuff. It's all listed, links to everything. It's a, a great option for you guys. So moving hey, along. As soon yeah. as we're back on YouTube, I want to, I want to say on one of our shows, COVID makes people pregnant with alien babies. Yeah. <laughs> I just yep. see how fast yep. that works. Well, that would be our third strike where they delete our channel yeah. then. So, yeah, that's a great okay. idea. Yeah, yeah, that's that. coming. You might as well enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, all right. Uh, so, okay. make me laugh, Brett. You're always, you're always the funny one. All right. So, 
Rumble.com, the channel. What channel could it possibly be at Rumble.com? We're looking at, yes, this is Butter, the best law enforcement video channel out there. Albuquerque officers shoots, or they officers, they shoot a shooting suspect after a short foot uh, pursuit. Hey, come here, police department, come here. Show me your hands. Show me your hands. Oh, shit. So, yes, Albuquerque Police, we've got the Chief um, uh, Harold Medina uh, that's kind of given a play-by-play, you know, of what went down. So, around 7.36 p.m., six rounds are fired and reported via shot spotter. And a 9-11 call or 911 call goes out, uh, reported uh, that they heard by the, you know, by the six shots in the area at the time. Officers um, respond about 7.41 p.m. Just a few minutes later at 7.45, an additional shot spotter activation alerts to three shots being fired. And then at 7.46, like a minute later, officers reported they could hear additional shots being fired. So one block southeast of shot spotter activation and two blocks north of where the officers were initially dispatched where the stuff is progressively progressively moving. So Officer Alex Castellano, his lapel video, and Kevin Trullo um, can be seen moving something around in his hand. So Trullo's our bad guy, and Trullo's turning to face the officer. And then we have a Sergeant Francisco Hernandez. So his lapel p- uh, video or his body-worn camera, there's an exchange of gunfire between our bad guy Trullo and the officer's and you can clearly hear it. So in the shooting, at least four shots are fired at the officers. Photos of the uh, um, of the bullet of the I guess they of the evidence that shows the bullet holes in the wall and a home located behind where the officers were standing. So uh, Trullo he runs away uh, after the shooting, and he went to his mother. Where do you go? You go to your mama's house, right? So uh, Trullo's mom said that he came to her house with a gunshot wound to the chest, and that. Um, he had two guns and he asked his mother if he could come inside, but she denies him access. Way to go, mom. So at the time, Trula's mother said Trula was homeless, suffering from uh, schizophrenia, believed that people were recording him. So SWAT and canine officers are activated and a perimeter set up in the area. So at 9.54 p.m., officers, they locate him nearby, take him in the custody, get him into immediate treatment for his wound. And a firearm is recovered, the same one they think was uh, used in the shooting of the, at the cops. And it, it, it was stolen the day before uh, during a nearby residential burglary, which just backs us up by saying that you can prohibit guns all you want. But guess what? Bad guys are always going to be able to get a hold of guns. You're, you're stupid and naive to think if you're going to affect anybody but law-abiding citizens on that. So that's the story. Captain Brett Bartlett, start us off. Number one, just because you're schizophrenic doesn't mean people aren't recording you. Wow, you had to go there, really? Now everybody's scratching their head. I know. I'm I'm glad you said it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, first, to me, it's it's kind of an uneventful shooting. It's not uneventful for the officers, but um, first officer did the best he could. That second officer, I noticed he when she was fired, he goes way wide. He goes way out in the roadway. I mean, I'd be hugging that wall best I could. What what if he had junk in the trunk? You said, you talked trunk. about as you get older, he's an older officer. He's got junk in the trunk. He can't get close to the wall. He's got to go wide. Chip, you interrupt me again. I'm kicking you off YouTube. That's all. It'll be your third strike. But what I liked at the very end, you can see this old grizzled. Yeah. This old. 
this old grizzled staff sergeant or whatever his rank was coming up to the guys and saying, you, are you okay? We're fine. Everything's good. He's, 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 he's calming everybody. He's taking care of the situation. It was really, really good to see some leadership right at the very end. All right. I'm scared to say anything now, Andrea. I might get muted. No, I think it's great. It's good. Keep it up, guys. No, I, I have to say I was I really I did not like the cover, the lack thereof of the second officer that really kind of um, watching this video. It's it's you know, I think a lot of people should see it. This is really what you know, a lot of officers go to you go to a call. You don't know where the shots are coming from. You know, something like that. The second officer has to take cover. There's he just seemed too wide open. I mean, it's hard to tell easier to Monday morning quarterback it because, you know, we're just seeing what we see on the video. Um, but it did look like he was kind of out there a little bit too much, kind of made me a little bit nervous, especially with knowing that this guy, you know, we already know he had a, you know, he had a firearm. Um, so I didn't love that, but I was, I'm actually happy that Brett pointed on the, um, the supervisor that came up on scene where he's like, you know, just making sure everybody's good. You know, he kind of does a field check. You can kind of tell he's like, okay, you hit, you hit, you know? So it was very nice to see that. Um, I, I don't know this video, like I said, I think everybody should kind of watch that. That's what officers go into. Like, like Brett said, there wasn't a whole lot to it, but that's a real call right there. You know, those are things, shot spotters, great. You know, shots are being fired, but you don't know where they're coming from. You know, it's kind of, um, it's kind of intense. You know, how important is it guys to have a really good supervisor in situations like that, both during and, and before to get you ready for stuff like this going down? How important is that? That's huge. It's huge. That's I mean, huge. Yeah. the leadership from the top all the way down, you know, is huge, but especially on your squad, when you're dealing with somebody day in and day out, um, you know, clearly we all know law enforcement, it's a stressful job. If you have a supervisor that's going to stress you out more, just functioning, going to a call, um, it, it can, it can make or break you. Um, I just, I think having a good supervisor is huge. Somebody that's going to back you, somebody that you know what to expect, somebody that's not going to stab you in the back, you know, they're going to help train you. I mean, that's your, that's still your trainer you know, on the street. So that your sergeant, your corporal, you know, for us, my, my corporal, I learned a lot from my corporals. Yeah. You agree, I had, Brett? I had six or seven years on before I saw a Lieutenant on the street. The only, th only people I saw was my sergeant, my corporal and the guys, the, the, the folks on the squad. That sergeant is, is the, unfortunately the most underrated, but critically important position. That sergeant is the future of, of a police department and the department will, will rise or fall based on the leadership from the three stripes period. So the impact that a Sergeant provides is like, that's like huge. Oh, there's, there's nothing else, right. You know, where we came from lieutenants, whatever, you know, I made a lieutenant I, I wanted to make captain. It was a horrible, <laughs> horrible position. It just sucked. Uh, but I, I, you know, looking back and, and I had a great career, so I'm not griping here, but man, being a Sergeant, it was just the best. It was yeah. the best. You're, you are, you are it. You're omnipotent. You know, lieutenants come, captains go, but your sergeant, you remember that guy. And I remember, I remember the good and the bad, but I remember those people just like it was yesterday. You know, there's a lot of, well, guys like Gene Strickland, I think about that, that were really great gifted sergeants. Um, yeah. um, but guys, who are your, who are your, your best supervisor that you remember? Who was your best? Do you remember, like, can you put a name with your, like your best supervisor that you had throughout your whole yeah. career who who was uh, it? pete ambrose oh sergeant P pete ambrose okay yeah, yeah just just a great balance between being there when we needed him or, and leaving us alone we didn't need him he, he knew when he should show up he was 
he always had a, he never lost his temper. He was always very upbeat. He to treat us right. We were his family. It was just to this day, to this day, I've got a picture on my wall. Well, if you can see it, right? Ah, just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm doing this wrong. But anyway, just, just to, to the right of the screen, just to the right corner yeah. there, guy in the white shirt. That's our squad. Uh, right above the underwear hanging on the on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I took I took that down. Okay. Andrew, who was yours? I had some phenomenal supervisors, but John Hawker. John Hawker was by far that was my. Uh, he was like he would have been like yeah. a second father to me. There's. There's nobody like John Hawker, you know. Oh. I, that's, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was a pretty good, you know, pretty good, pretty good reenactment there. No, but John Hawker was, I learned a lot from him. You know, I hate to put it like a God type, you know, but you did not want to upset him. That's just, you didn't want to upset him. Daddy Hawker. Oh. I love it. Well, Brett's doing his, his John you Hawker. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy wants to know if you're okay, but look, uh, Commercial break, guys, and we'll, we're going to uh, call EMS for Brett. We'll be right back. All right, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first, and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like Captain Brett Bartlett here. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy in their training. It's approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start the day with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can also get free training for yourself and all the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world, by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did. Gunlearn.com. Check them out. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, any more commentary on what we talk? If there's not, we'll move on to our next story. And look, guys, for the uh, stories for the video component, and there's a lot of them, uh, we'll describe in great detail what's going on for our podcast and radio listeners. So, we're uh, still at rumble.com back on. This is butter. A driver dies when he drives off the freeway and is struck by a car. When he fled a traffic stop in Colorado. Stop. What are you doing in your car? Stop. You're going to get tased. Dude, stop. You're going to get tased. Dude, stop. I got a cigarette, bro. Want to tase a point? Get out of the car. 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 Quit digging in your pockets, dude. Stop. You're going to get taste. Stop, dude. Stop. 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 Taser, taser. Taser deployed. Get out of the car! 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 Now you're gonna get tased again! Get out of the car! Get out of the car! Never, whatever, six, he's now. 
I hate to smile when I'm saying that, but it's it's really I know Andrea's shaking her head. She's trying to act like she's on her family's watching, so she doesn't want them to think she gets any enjoyment out of this bad guy getting creamed by a car, right? And Brett's just being, you know, stoic, you know. So so video footage released on Tuesday of a traffic stop that led to the death of a fleeing suspect in which he was struck by a passing car. Guys, this is just unbelievable. And look, just for the people that know how this goes down, our live shows, we we really Look, there's too many things that can go wrong when we try the show with live video. And of course, we've got a lot of a lot of radio and podcast listeners too. So producer Will takes our shows the very next day at nine o'clock in the morning, puts them on Rumble, and he embeds any videos that we talk about. Also, also puts pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. So it's kind of a neat way to watch the show. So this show, nine o'clock in the morning with embedded videos on Rumble tomorrow, will be there. So the Colorado State Police uh, or Patrol. They released three video clips showing the early Thursday morning traffic stops to a trooper um, stops a man who's driving westbound and it's in the uh, eastbound lanes of C470. He's going towards Interstate 70. It's 1.50 in the morning. So it is early, almost almost two o'clock in the morning. During the stop, video shows the man tell the trooper that he's not going to get, um, that, he, that he's trying to get back to Blackhawk, but the roads were all messed up. And he's clarifying that he was talking about road construction. So the man was seen fidgeting with his pockets, demanding a cigarette, disregarding the orders from the trooper to stop his behavior. Trooper suspected that the guy's impaired. So while the trooper was trying to identify the driver, the suspect, he re-enters the vehicle. But look at this. He does it from the passenger side. But he climbs into the driver's seat. And I'm sure you can guess what happens at that point. Uh, the trooper, he ends up tasing the suspect because he obviously wants to drive away, right? So the trooper tases the suspect, tries to prevent him from taking off. Now, look, this dude, he locks up. I mean, he's like locked up. For, he does the full five-second ride, right? But then he comes down off that five-second ride, and I guess he removes the probes, and uh, he takes off. So he drives down a grassy median. He hits a retain, retaining wall, and then he gets on the out, out the, I guess the eastbound lanes for I-70 off-ramp, and it's just a mess. He then runs from the vehicle across the off-ramp, jumps over another concrete barrier, barrier onto an eastbound I-70 um, lane where he's hit and killed by a passenger vehicle that's driving by. He never saw it coming. So the driver of the vehicle that hit the suspect remained on the scene, and it shuts down the interstate for more than five hours on Thursday morning. So if you're driving around that area, now you know why. Suspect's name is not being released, but, you know, that body's at the morgue. Captain Brett. And you can hear him getting hit. It's just the most horrendous crunch. Oh. And that's just that's just the car being damaged. That's not him being damaged. I'll tell you, Chip, this was the worst handling of a suspect I've seen in a long time. It was it was horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, it's almost to the point where when the family sees all this you know, because you get sued for everything anyway, they could almost go, listen, we're going to sue you because you didn't do your job. I might, you know, I'll never go anywhere, but you see where I'm going with that. Just horrible. But you know what's so cool? The guy never lost his his cool. The, the ass guy's cigarette, man. Just need a cigarette. I just need a cigarette. I'm going to go get him. And the officer is yelling. The officer is giving, he's giving commands that, that are, uh, uh, um, what's the word of it? He's giving one command. They give another command. He's just not handling that guy. Sir, don't go near your car. I'm going to my car. Sir, you're under arrest. Put your hands behind your back. No, taser. Taser now. It went on entirely too long. Yeah. I I agree completely. I was sitting here watching this, and I'm like, 
Why does he not have him under control? Why did you not get the tag number? Like why so many whys on this? Like how in the world do you have no information when that car drives off, first of all? And then I'm like the entire time, he never got him under control. He, that, that bad guy was definitely, he was in charge of that call. And, you know, the officer never took command of the call. Never. I mean, like I sat there, I felt a little bit better when at least his verbiage was like, oh, get your hands out of your pockets. Cause I'm like, what do you, when I, you know, when you first watch the video, I'm like, why are you letting him dig in his pockets? Why is this guy going back in the car? Like, stop telling him you don't let him go back in the car. You know, again, granted, I know, you know, it's easier said than done because I'm sitting right here. But no, you're going to make him not go back in that car. You're going to make him, you know, sit there and comply. You're going to make sure that his hands don't go back in his pockets. I I cannot believe. I mean, I would have just turned in my badge that day and been like, I'm done. That him getting him getting hit by that car, that was it. Like done. I I think that guy felt it when I saw his face like my career's done. I'm done. <laughs> it was insane to me. This was insane. Now, yeah. now, thanks, Andrew. Now, Brent, I usually associate troopers with being and the and the hierarchy of doing traffic stops. I mean, this is really what they do. They're really they're really good at it normally. So I, I must admit, I was surprised it happened to a state patrol trooper that we watching this on. Not really. I mean, no troopers or cops. Everybody, it's just the same thing. I don't know. You wear a badge. I don't know. But I, I was very disappointed. It should have been this. Hey, uh, stop moving. Oh, you're not going to. Next thing we should have seen on on the, on the body camera was this guy getting a, a knee blast and, and a punch to the snot locker and be done with it. Should have grabbed him, threw him on the ground, and then if he fights, right on. You know, you punch him again, you taser him again. It just it was a whole lot of proof. It's a whole lot of proof that criminals do not obey commands. Well, I was no. even surprised with the backup officer when he got there that it wasn't like. A different response like he didn't just jump in right away it was almost like he was delayed like trying to figure out like okay what am i seeing here what's going on but i, I was surprised i don't know you know it just kind of hit me around like wh why are we not somehow you know communicating and getting this guy under control yeah. now on the uh, yeah on, on the footage you don't see for the second offers him talking to the camera going i'm sure glad that wasn't me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey did you what do you guys think about the lockup the taser lockup for five seconds i mean that's, was there's no doubt saying, it, it wasn't it was effective initially so why are we not coming up with i mean i know you gotta think fast but that's our job <laughs> let's go that was perfect it worked it was effective you know you don't always see the taser effect it was effective yeah make, you make something happen you know i don't know i it's just bad well the, the, maybe maybe take the keys out of the ignition while the guy's locked up for five seconds i don't know there there are so many things that i was sitting there like you could have done this you could have done that he should have already been in cuffs i i agree with brett i'm sitting there thinking this family is going to be like if you would have oh. gotten him in custody this never would have happened i hate to mm. say that I hate to put that but i mean sure there's already an attorney yeah. on it but i i it's if they if he would have gotten him in custody this wouldn't have happened what the trooper should have been saying to himself as he's going to that car is kill the head. The body will die. That's what he should be thinking right there. Grab that guy's head because wh wherever the head goes, the body will follow. Right. Didn't they teach us this? Grab the head, twist the head, pull the head and the body will follow it. Kill the head and the body will die. Oh, but, you, but you know what the funny twist thing the was is even, even when he was, you know, even when he was engaged, like when he had a hold of him, the guy wasn't steady. You know, to me, I sit there and think, I would use that. You know, the guy's not steady. Just take him to the ground. It wasn't, 
it wasn't a matter of he's real steady and he was fighting him, you know, real hard. It was just the, it, it didn't seem like the officer had his mind made up of what he wanted to do. Like you don't have two seconds to sit there and, you know, hem and haw, well, sh maybe I should do this. But see, I feel like that that's kind of where law enforcement is going is that officers are so hesitant that you get yourself into these situations where they're afraid to just, you know, go in, go hard, get them in custody, brush well, them off, say yeah. sorry later. He's probably exhausted from the eight-hour de-escalation training he got that day. Probably so. That's probably true. Wow. That's just brutal. Um, you know, I've only got seconds, but camp, uh, policetribune.com, the woman who shot the mom of four through the front door has been arrested for manslaughter. That's the Ocala, Orlando area, uh, close by the Boss Hog Radio listening area. So they that was uh, Sheriff, uh, what was it, Billy Woods. You know, so and the, the lady was saying, you know, stand your ground law. So I guess they decided that it did not fit and they've arrested her. So we'll watch that case, see what goes on. Any surprises there? We got 10 seconds, uh, guys. Uh, Benjamin Crump is a race pimp. I see the rest of my time. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. All right. Excellent show, uh, Andrea and Brett. Thank you guys so much. So, hey, at this point of the show, I usually talk about the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. Uh, Lieutenant Randy Sutton from the Las Vegas Metro Police Department could not be on today's show, but he's got a great thing going at the Wounded Blue. They're helping cops out that are in a world of hurt, suffering from PTSD, medical issues that departments aren't covering, or maybe no medical retirement disability that's being offered. So the Wounded Blue at thewoundedblue.org. And, you know, uh, Brett's not just another pretty face. He's got Exumber Defense Solutions at exumberdefense.com. You want to check out him, his training. He's, he does everything from, he's a, got that K certification. So he trains PIs, cops, uh, Leosa, all kinds of stuff. You know, that law enforcement officer safety act, you know, the HR 218. So he does all that stuff for you guys. So check him out at exumberdefense.com. A uh, shout out to motion DSP goals gunlearn.com on medicare.live and bang energy. Thanks for the fuel. Appreciate it. Um, and also Ray Dietrich, red voice media, um, our streamers, thanks guys for your support and being with us to this YouTube fiasco. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.